This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by Art Tactic. You can sign up now for an Analyst Pro membership on arttactic.com and take advantage of our Easter offer, a 30% discount off of the regular price. To take advantage, use the coupon code PROEASTER2019, P-R-O-E-A-S-T-E-R-2019. The offer expires on April 30th, so make sure not to miss it. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're joined by Nate Freeman, art market reporter for Artsy. Nate was in Dallas this past week covering the Dallas Art Fair. And for those that don't know, I'm from Dallas, and I was in Dallas last week attending the fair and also visiting my family. And Nate and I, we met up, we were at an event together, and we said we should do a podcast episode about Dallas, about the collecting community in Dallas, about the Dallas Art Fair, about 2 by 2 the major charity gala that happens every year, about the growth of the museums in Dallas-Fort Worth, and just the rise of the collecting community, and just how much respect Dallas gets as a growing collecting community from galleries and dealers and artists around the country and the world. So here's our episode on Dallas and the art world there. It really hit home and meant a lot for me to be able to do this since I'm from there. We hope you enjoy the episode. Nate, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I love coming on and talking, Adam. This is a pleasure. Well, we always love having you. So we were in Dallas. It was Wednesday night, I believe, just before the fair opened. We were at the Power Station, which is an exhibition space owned by Alden Pinnell, who's a collector in Dallas. We were chatting, and we said, we need to do a podcast episode on Dallas, on the city, on the art community there, how much it's grown over the last few years, how much attention it's receiving with the Dallas Art Fair, with 2x2, with the museum. So I'm glad we're able to make this happen. Thanks again for coming on. You know, I, I think it would be great to do a Texas-sized podcast here. All right, let's do it. So let's start with the Dallas Art Fair. You know, the art fair calendar is so saturated now. There's so many fairs almost every week around the world. You know, if we look just within the U.S., you have the major ones in New York and Miami, and now you have a big one in L.A. with Freeze L.A. Dallas is really one of the only cities to have an art fair that's been going on for over a decade in the middle of America. What do you think it is about this fair that is able to attract galleries, both nationally and internationally, to attend it and show here, given all the art fairs that are happening around the world? You know, art dealers who think that, you know, there's so many fairs already on the schedule, maybe Dallas is skippable or it's not really something they need to do. I think that if they do choose to do Dallas, they're really, you know, pleasantly surprised with how wonderful and fair it is and how really strong the collecting community is in Dallas and in Texas in general. Um, you know, this is my third time covering the fair and every time I speak with, you know, new, uh, or dealers who are new to the fair. Um, and this year I talked to, uh, a director at list gallery who was, you know, very pleasantly surprised at how the, the, uh, fair turned out for them. Um, they decided to do it because they've been in New York for a few years now. They've never done, you know, a fair in Texas before, but they're trying to get out in America um, just to collect, connect with the collectors, you know, who've discovered them in New York. Uh, the same thing goes for Sadie Cox. She is a London dealer, doesn't have a space outside of London, but decided to do the fair this year. And they were very pleasantly surprised with, you know, 
how the Dallas collecting community responded to the artists in their on their roster. Um, and so that's a really interesting thing for me to see how, um, you know, galleries and dealers who aren't familiar with Dallas and Texas respond to the energy uh, in the city and in the state. I think the collecting community has really grown in large part to the two by two charity auction and gala, which happens each year in Dallas. The funds which go to AMFAR for AIDS research, as well as the Dallas Museum of Art. The event's been going on for many years, and it's hosted by Howard Rachofsky, one of those prominent collectors in Dallas. When he passes away, his entire collection is going to go to the Dallas Museum of Art. Fun On a side note, a really fun activity is going to the 2x2 website and going through the old catalogs and seeing some of the incredible artworks that were donated by artists over the past years and bargains at the time. Anyways, I think that event, it's very well attended by people in Dallas and it attracts so much good quality art. A lot of people attending that event have bought things from it over the years and um, has really been the start of many collections. And I think for some of these younger people, especially who are starting to collect in Dallas, they're attending this fair and it's a good opportunity for galleries to interact with them. Yeah. Two by two has really become uh, quite possibly the uh, most important charity auction in the country just because of yeah, the combination of the influence of, of Howard Chopsky and, you know, the growing, uh, you know, stature of DMA as one of the country's great museums. When it uh, get the collections of, you know, Sydney and Howard Chopsky, T.D. and Rusty Rose, and um, uh, Margaret Hoffman, Robert and Margaret Hoffman, um, it's going to be one of the best museum collections in the country. Uh, am I wrong? No, I think you're right. Well... Let's let these sirens pass by in our New York, New York podcast. (laughs) I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, even now during the Dallas Art Fair, for example, the Dallas Museum of Art is hosting an exhibition by Jonas Wood, who, you know, is considered one of those prominent contemporary painters, you know, under the age of 50. And Dallas is the one that's hosting that exhibition. And interestingly, uh, Jonas was actually the two by two honoree a few years ago, so it's really come full circle. And then, if you just walk across the street from da- the Dallas Museum of Art to the Nasher Sculpture Center, you'll see a really nice exhibition right now by Sterling Ruby. And the Nasher is really, there aren't too many museums that focus on sculpture. It's one of the only ones in the country that does it, and it does a fantastic job doing it. Exactly. Uh, I was blown away by both Jonas's show and Sterling's show. Um, you know, those are two artists who, yes, are, are international market artists. You know, they, they, they are represented, you know, by the Goshen Gallery and Spruthmont, you know, major galleries, and, and they have very big auction results. But they're also just really, you know, uh, unique individual American artists who um, I think really sing on a museum platform. And you're right to say that it's very important that these shows are in Dallas. Yeah, Jonathan's show isn't traveling. And, you know, when you walk into the Nasher, uh, you see a magnificent Sterling Ruby sculpture. You look at the, the wall text and it's Howard's or it's Kristen and Derek Wilkins. You know, these are artists that are collected by a lot of people in Dallas. I think that's really, really integral to just showing you know everyone who's in town for this fair how deep this collecting community is. And then following that, you have younger, more emerging collectors in the city who are really big proponents of the arts as well, such as the Coles. 
I know you profiled them in a piece on Artsy, and not only are they collectors in the community, they've been influenced heavily by the Wachowskis. They also hosted a really interesting outdoor paintings exhibition during the Dallas Art Fair at their home, well, on the outside of their home, um, which you also uh, discussed in your article. What were your impressions of the Coles and those kind of younger collectors in the Dallas community? Right. So I, I, I heard about this outdoor painting exhibition and, and I was, you know, very interested by it. Um, I, I was familiar somewhat with Joe and, and, and Chris and Cole. Uh, and when I sort of found out the sort of very literal baton passing between them and Howard Atrocity, who I profiled last year, I was interested in, in sort of looking at a new guard of collectors in Dallas. You know, it, the old guard is very well established and they have these grand international collections. I think there are a lot of people in Dallas who are slightly younger uh, and collecting younger living artists and uh, are really, um, you know, scouring galleries in, on the side in Berlin, you know, and trying to look for the, the next, you know, new thing, not necessarily an artist, you know, established as Sterling Ruby or Jonas, Jonas Sterling Ruby or Jonas Willett. And so uh, that's why I was very interested in going to Joan Kristen's house, which they just moved into in August. They moved from Austin. And uh, looking at their collection, they have some really, really wonderful, you know, works by Sarah Brayman, uh, Maggie Ogden, who else is in there? Andrew Quo, uh, Tony Mattelli. You know, these are, these are younger artists who, you know, have, you know, been showing it, you know, galleries on the Lower East Side, you know, for the past few years and are really starting to come into their own as artists. Um, and it's also very interesting to me that, you know, Kristen is now the, the, the head of 4510, which has been named the sort of millennials Barneys. And they're really at the forefront of, you know, the future of, of fashion and retail in Dallas, which has played an enormous role in the city's development over the past hundred years, you know, when Neiman Marcus was started in the city. So that was interesting to me as well. This is sort of, or that side of, of you know, um, of, of Dallas and Dallas's culture. Yeah, and one of the reasons why I really like to come home for two by two is the programming they have around that event. So each year, a few local collectors will open up their homes and allow anyone from out of town to come and view their collections and go into their homes, see the art in a mm-hmm. natural setting in the house, walk through the kitchen, the living room, the toilet, wherever. You're free to go as you please. And um, it's just a very hospitable, welcoming environment. And I think the outdoor painting event at the Coles really had a similar sentiment. Um, I thought it was really unique to see all these paintings actually hanging on the exterior of a home. The home was a very modern home, and it worked really well. Uh, You had paintings in the front um, of the home. You had paintings in the back. One, Catherine Bradford, hung over the swimming pool, and there was some shade uh, from an overhanging tree that would kind of uh, shift with the breeze. Um, Yeah, so I just thought that was really indicative of just the um, welcoming nature of some of the collectors in Dallas. Um, and it was really a great event. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, uh, it, it, it's a real uh, unique opportunity in us, you know, to be able to go into collectors' homes. I can't think of another city where collectors are so just open to having, you know, visitors come through and see their collection. They're very proud of, of uh, their homes. You know, some of these homes are really magnificent mid-century homes. Some are magnificent mm-hmm. modernist homes. And, uh, you know, it's 
unlike any other sort of art fair city in that regard. But yes, what Joe, John Christian did with this outdoor painting show was, was even, you know, beyond that because, you know, you had the paintings installed on the house. Uh, and, you know, talking to Joe and Pascal Spangman from uh, Marlboro uh, about the origin of it, it was just like they wanted more programming around the fair. Um, you know, they wanted another opportunity to, you know, you know, have more works for sale somewhere and, and, and given an opportunity to all the collectors and advisors and everyone in town to see some more, you know, larger scale works uh, that couldn't necessarily all be installed at the fair. Um, and I think that it was, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly what sold so far, but from what I could tell, it was a success. One other thing I wanted to discuss with you, you know, going back to the art fair, which you covered really well in your article on Artsy, is this feature at the Dallas Art Fair that I think is really unique and has really helped the fair grow, which is before even the VIPs are allowed in, a small committee, I believe, um, comes to the fair and on behalf of the DMA and selects about eight works each year that the Dallas Museum of Art would like to acquire for its permanent collection. And so it actually purchases these works directly from the galleries and then by the time the VIPs and anyone else attending the fair comes to the fair, they've plastered in the booths for each of these eight works a little wall label that says this work has been acquired by the Dallas Museum of Art or the Dallas Museum of Art Fund or whatever it says. But I think it's just a fantastic initiative that they have there that really inspires collectors to want to collect and to want to support the museum. And I think it really helps attract galleries because um, they know if they come to the Dallas Art Fair, there's a decent chance, maybe one in nine, one in ten chance that the the Dallas Museum of Art is going to purchase one of their works from their booths for their permanent collection. And I think that that program, the uh, um, you know the uh, Dallas Art Fair DMA Acquisitions uh, Foundation Fund, is a real uh, sticking point for for why galleries come and do this fair. I think that that just you know the idea that eight galleries out of the 95 showing will have a work purchased by the Dallas Museum of Art is pretty remarkable. And I think, you know, it inspires uh, dealers to bring at least one, you know, work in their booth that they think that would appeal to the DMA, which right there, that sets the tone for the entire fair. You have every dealer trying to get work, you know, acquired by the local museum and not just bring, you know, the sort of usual grab bag stuff in their program. Um, and there's just no real other, you know, uh, program that I can think of that is, you know, uh, uh, as impactful as this one is. Like, say, there's the, you know, uh, the Freeze Tate Fund, you know, where a few works from Freeze London are acquired by the Tate. But that's two works out of 160 galleries. It's not really the same proportion, uh, you know. You have a very good chance. You have almost a ten percent chance, uh, being in the Dallas Art Fair, of having one of your works acquired by the DMA. And you know, like we said, right now the DMA is a fabulous museum. It's uh, you know a really wonderful museum. But with these promised gifts from you know three incredibly remarkable collectors, um, it will be a truly world class institution. Um, and so, you know, that opportunity is really remarkable. I think. And so at these art fairs, I'm walking around, looking at the art, talking to galleries, getting a sense of who's there, how many people are there. But 
you know, you ask a gallery how it's going, everyone says it's fantastic, it's a great fair. Um, you know, that it can't always be the case, of course, but you're actually reporting, you're interacting with a lot of these galleries, you're getting the scoop on how things are really going. So how did things actually go this year at the fair? Um, do you think this is, it's doing well enough where the Dallas Art Fair will continue to be a successful fair and um, a regular on the fair schedule for a lot of these galleries? Well, I think that the reality is, you know, a lot of international galleries, you know, they do so many fairs that there just simply isn't enough inventory, uh, you know, to fill all these fair booths. Like artists can't make enough work uh, to follow them. I was talking to director Sadie Coles, you know, she was being honest. She said, you know what, we might not next year. Um, there's just so many fairs around the world. You know, they just added another must-do fair in Los Angeles, Greece, that it's, you know, it's like you don't even want any favors to just assume that you can do the Dallas Art Fair every year. Um, that being said, uh, the new international galleries who did the fair, you know, another one is this secondary market uh, outfit State, which had a lot of success. Uh, their state based out of Vancouver in London. Um, you know, people did very well. And I think that, you know, the worst thing I heard was from a gallery was that they broke even, you know, and, you know, there's nothing to go crying about there. You know, just go to Dallas, meet some new collectors, maybe something else will come in the future. Um, and yeah, like you said, people tend to overinflate how well they do at a fair. But I think that, you know, with something like Dallas, I, I think that, if you keep the overhead relatively low and you bring work that, you know, can sell if it, you know, at, at a appropriate price point, I think that the deal, the galleries did very, very well this week. Um, you know, and some did you know, very exceptionally well. Um, and, you know, I know they always just say that, but I think that that was actually the case in Dallas. Yeah. And like you said, even if maybe you're breaking even or you're just making a minimal amount of sales, you still have that value that you might not see for six months, a year from now of meeting these potentially new clients in Dallas. Uh, we're not a lot of galleries are really penetrating that market and focusing on um, client acquisition. So there is real opportunity there. And uh, I just want to, you know, sort of get your impression. You know, you're from Dallas. You've, you know, seen the city, you know, over the last few decades, like emerge as uh, a larger piece of the market puzzle, you know, even when we're just like growing up, you know, what is the, how has it changed, you know, in the last like five, 10 years, I came to the fair for the first time in 2015 and it seems to, you know, have changed a lot since then. Um, but yeah, just like how is this collecting landscape, it's institutional landscape and the fair, you know, how, how has the city changed alongside all of that? Well, I think one of the most interesting things living here in New York and going around to different fairs around the world in major art collecting cities is when I speak to galleries and other dealers and collectors and their reaction when I tell them I'm from Dallas. It's always such a positive uh, reaction. They always have a good story to share or a good memory uh, or just you know, a really positive comment about the city of Dallas and the growing collector base and the way in which the museums have developed and have put on really great shows. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I think you really have seen a transformation over the last, you know, five or ten years. I think a lot of that really stems from uh, the 2 by 2 event. Um, I think having that in Dallas, um, I think it's done a few things. First, it's really brought so many galleries um, who have artists who are represented in that 
Gala um, to the city of Dallas and allow them to see um, and connect with the collectors there. And I think also just having all that really high quality art each and every year in that um, event and really kind of seeing how people like the Wachowskis and the Hoffmans collect has really inspired a lot of um, collectors, um, nascent collectors, to really grow and expand their collections and kind of collect and do things the right way. Um, so whether it's people just picking up artworks, really high quality artworks from the actual 2x2 two two event, or just seeing some of the artists that um, some of these really major collectors in the city collect um, and kind of following in those footsteps. So I think you've seen, um, yeah, the collector base really grow and mature over time. And then I think um, you also have to factor in just the way in which the museums in the city have um, really evolved as we, we talked about the Dallas Museum of Art, you know, it has the Jonas Wood show now. It's had really some incredible shows over the last few years. I remember it had a really fantastic Pollock show. Um, the Nasher Sculpture Center really is one of the elite sculpture museums in the country. And even things like the Fort Worth Modern, you know, they had a cause show a few years ago. Cause might not be your thing, but guess what? A ton of people flew into the DFW area to see that show kind of saw a similar thing there with the Murakami show as well. That was even more recent. So I think it's just a, um, you know, the two-by-two event resulting in that, the collector base growing, the museums really maturing, all that coming together. You're really seeing a changing landscape um, for the art world in Dallas for the better. And I think just everyone's so hospitable there that everyone gets a really good feeling when they're in Dallas um, visiting the collecting community there. Um, and for myself, being from there, there's really a, a big sense of pride um, when I now tell people in the art world that I'm from Dallas because I know they likely have some positive feelings about the city. So it's been really fun um, watching and even being a little bit uh, part of the um, evolution of the city. And so for our listeners who haven't been to Dallas... I highly recommend you come down and check it out, whether it's for the Dallas Art Fair or the 2x2 event. Um, there's even now also a Nashville's uh, Prize Gala that's pretty incredible as well. Um, so all of those are great events and a great opportunity to check out the city. I, I would recommend uh, them as well, you know, and I don't even have a hometown bias. I just like Dallas a lot. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that you like Dallas so much and uh, that you had a great time there, as always. Uh, Nate, we always appreciate having you on the podcast. Um, I'm so happy that we decided to do a Dallas-themed episode. Um, I really enjoyed it immensely. And, um, yeah, we always appreciate you coming on and uh, look forward to having you back on again in the near future. Thanks so much. Absolutely. I'll come on whenever you want me to. Perfect. Speak to you soon.